people have an expectation of what a running race looks like in their head, which isn't what we put on. When you say we're organising a race, people see London Marathon. They yeah. th- they see thousands in their head. They see thousands of people running at speed, like throwing water bottles. Thro- yeah, throwing water bottles on the floor and being really, really disrespectful to the land. And I think as soon as you communicate to them what you're trying to do and you you know it's a small event that people are self-sufficient they carry their own water bottles with them and you kind of go into it 99% of the people we've spoken to are amazing and supportive and they want it to happen hello and welcome to outlandish with me ed scott outlandish is a new podcast for trail runners and other outlandish folk focusing on the burgeoning trail running and adventure scene in the southeast of England. With this podcast, I want to show that adventure needn't just be the pastime of mountain folk, but is available to anyone within jogging distance of a line of dirt. Throughout season one, I'm going to be talking to some amazing people who love this part of the world and the adventures that you can have in it, starting with Chris Bradley. Chris is the founder and director of Runaway Adventures, an event organiser and community connecting trail runners in London and its surrounding counties. With a full calendar of trail races ranging from 10k to 50k, as well as regular meetups in places like the Chilterns and the North Downs, Runaway has quickly become one of the Southeast's premier trail running companies. Thanks in no small part to Chris's meticulous organisational skills, his knack for finding and celebrating unsung routes away from classic go-to trails, and just the fact that he's genuinely a really nice guy who cares about the community that he's helped to build. I headed up to Runaway's office in Tottenham, North London in April 2022 when this podcast was recorded. It was great to find out more about what goes into hosting a successful race, and delve a little bit into what makes Chris tick. If you enjoy the episode today, do give us a follow on Instagram at outlandish.run or you can visit the website, which is also outlandish.run. Do hang around after the episode where I will talk a little bit about next week's guest and there may be a couple of bonus clips to listen to at the end of the episode. And now, Chris Bradley. Chris Bradley. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Ed. Thank you very much. Um, thanks so much for welcoming me here at Runaway HQ. Uh, it's a beautiful space. How long have you been here? So yeah, we're we're sat in in Runaway HQ Tottenham at the moment. Um, I've been here about. There mul- is there multiple branches? Of no. There's no <laughs> well, we we like to think there's a Barcelona branch uh, <laughs> that Jan runs, but but oh, he's yeah. he's yet he's yet to sh- yet to show anything really for that. Yeah, lazy branch. Yeah. Now we've been here about a year. About a year, and yeah, it's it's a storage space, office, it's everything, and yes, yeah, it's, it's good fun. It's where where all the ideas are made, really. Have you been based in London since Runaway was formed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Runaway twenty seventeen, it was formed, right. and I mean back back then, I I mean I don't I can't remember exactly the first run that you came on, but the first kind of thing that we did was basically, and it was the whole idea was taking people out of London trail running. So I'm kind of a country person, um, grew up in Somerset, and I suppose moving to London is 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 nice, but there's always a desire to want to leave it and find yeah. open places to run. And I think I was doing that 
a lot on my own on the weekends and working a lot behind a desk and in corporate environments. So it was kind of, can I use that experience I've got off the outdoors and show other people? And then can I maybe even make that into a business? And that was a big question mark. And I think the answer with that is no, you can't make that into a business. You mm. can't make money out of taking people running. Um, and and I think quickly realized that wasn't really why we were doing it either. Mm. So, you know, you take, you take 10, 15 people out you know, you, you turn up at Euston, you go out to Tring and you take someone for a run. You've got a whole day there basically meeting people that you wouldn't have met otherwise, but have something in common. And I think what's, what's always really funny is there's people that I've met, I would say, I don't know, like 10, 15 times. And I've spent a day, you know, probably 15 days, you know, out running with them. And and some of them I don't know what they do for a living, yeah. and I don't really know anything else about them other than they like trail running, and that subject just kind of can consume you for the whole day. Yeah. And it's not like we're sort of awkwardly ignoring anything else. It's just that there's that's that's what's on our mind, and that's what we both like to talk about. And yeah, yeah. I spoke about this with some other people about there's a, a massive relief sometimes when you spend time. We were talking specifically about ultra running, but it carries for trail running as well. When you spend time with people who get it because often people don't get it and they'll say things like i don't even like driving that far and things like that and it's just very refreshing to be around people who who get it yeah totally so yeah so yeah have i been in london the whole time yeah so since 2017 we've been doing these meetups i don't know once a month once every three weeks let's say and then that sort of evolved into races um i think the first race was 2019 and it you know obviously to to sort of start organizing events at that time as not, you know, it's a year before the pandemic, but at that time when you're sort of trying to grow, it's been, yeah, it's been a, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's been a very interesting last three years. Yeah, I'm sure. Just to take you back a bit. So you are from Somerset originally. Yes. Did you run there? No, never. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, so not, I mean, so yeah, I lived there until I went to university and then from university straight to London and I was I was always one of these people that just thought, nah, running's not for me because I've never enjoyed it. I've never I've never gone for a run out of enjoyment. I've I've, play, I've played sport. I've played football. I've played ultimate frisbee at university for like three years. But running never occurred to me that you could do it on your own and enjoy it until yeah. I think probably I was about twenty two, twenty three, and then you sort of there's there, there's definitely you you know as you get older more more attention to detail is spent on the fact that you need to keep yourself fit and it's not just as easy as as how it used to be yeah so yeah started a routine of that and it's it's strange to think now when I go back to Somerset the first thing I'm doing um well not the first thing but one of the things I'll be doing is looking at the ordnance survey map and, yeah. and going right where am I going for a run when I'm when I'm down there like this weekend I'm going to Froome and I've already plotted three routes that, you know, that we'll be doing probably on the weekend. Yeah. And like, you know, you can ju obviously just step out the door and go, but there's, there's something really fun about the planning stage of it and, and getting, getting the map up and having a thing like I'm going to go here and just seeing where the trail connects and what kind of loop that creates. And then what pub is going to be at the finish yeah. or what, you know, and, and what's the story all around that. So yeah, that, 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 that whole part of it, that journey is really, is really important to me, I think. And it must be quite thrilling. We'll come onto this, but to translate that or to take that process, that route planning process and, and then gift that to other people in the form of a race or a meetup or 
for sure. And it's it's strange for me in some ways to I think you've always you've always got to think about how you used to be like I never used to realize that ordnance survey maps really existed I just thought they were these orange things that my mum had on a bookcase at home and you know you go on google maps and you want to go for a walk or a run and there's nothing it doesn't give you anything it just gives you roads and green bits and it doesn't give you anything that connects between yeah and then as you learn that ordnance survey maps exist and you know I mean there's lots of apps and things and Strava will show you but what I love about just showing people an ordnance survey map in the app is like, just look on there and the bits that are green, the green lines, that's where you can go running. Yeah. I mean, as a simple principle, it's yeah. like, just look where, for the, where the green lines are. Those aren't roads, those are footpaths and yeah. they're everywhere. And once you sort of unlock that, I think that's, that's something that, you know, you don't need to come on a runaway adventures meetup maybe after that. And when I think what we try and do with runaway with our meetups are it's not about you come every time and you stay doing that for many many years and you know that's nice because you create a community and people that you know and you recognize but i think for me it's okay if someone comes on a, on on it once and they sort of unlock this potential of okay yeah i can just get on the train and i can go running and and like they just do it on their own or they do it with their friends after that. And that's absolutely fine. And I think a lot of people do do that. They come on a few and then they realize actually, you know, there's there's no magic to it. It's a bit time consuming, but mm. the information's out there and it's just putting in a bit of time on a Thursday or Friday before the weekend to get your planning done. Um, so one of the things that's like a recurring theme on this podcast is that, as you've touched on, living in London uh, and the southeast in general really doesn't have to be a barrier to adventure or the great outdoors or things like that. And I can honestly think of nobody who epitomizes that message more than you. Um, just to list some of the races that you've got, if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see the array of medals that are in front of Chris, but you've got the Chilton Ridge 50K, which is still going, right? Yeah, and it's in its fourth It's in its fourth year this year. Yeah. That's the original, right? That's, that's the, the one, race. yeah, that's the first one. And then you've got the half that accompanies that, which is now uh, in a slightly different location. You've got the Greensand Country Ultra Trail, which I volunteered at last year, which is an amazing race up in Bedfordshire. You've got the North Chilterns 50K. Was that, that was new last year? No, that's new this year. So oh, that's, that's not been held yet. Yeah, so that's 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 hot off the press. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and I've, that's in a, a slightly... That's not an it's not an area that doesn't spring to mind as outdoorsy, right? It's near Luton. Yeah, it's in it's near Luton. And if you look on a map of the Chilterns, you've got the Chilterns, yeah, and then you've got Luton, and then you've got this other bit of the Chilterns yeah. that everyone ignores. This exclave. Yeah, to 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 the east of it, and you know, no one goes there at what. Well, the locals go there and they love it, and they yeah. tell me how amazing it is. And Tim, who's been the sort of main route planner for that has been yeah. raving about it and I've gone down and had a look and you've got the Barton Hills and Pegston Hills and you've got all of these amazing areas but no one really travels there and it's it's not the easiest place to get to by train so maybe that's one of the reasons but everyone goes to Tring, Wendover, yeah. Goring in the Chilterns so we're going let's let's focus on this poor deprived bit of the Chilterns <laughs> which is just as beautiful yeah and and again you know we were talking about this earlier but we don't we want to bring races in the calendar that aren't replacing one's that are already there that aren't mm. the same that you know the same offering that's already there because like does anyone need another north downs way 50k like i don't think so many i don't think they there. do yeah <laughs> yeah but you've also got another one this year that's new the suffolk coastal path yeah the suffolk coastal that's Path. that's really interesting so that's going to be 
pretty much flat, right? Pancake flat. Yeah, I think uh, maybe 48 meters of elevation gain. Oh, okay, so which, not, not flat. Which is, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that that's probably just a sort of a GPS that's like a fluctuation, point, isn't it? A 0.01% gradient or something. Yeah, 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 it's... But that race, it's it's... Don't get the impression it's... You start on the promenades um, and you finish and you just run in a straight line. There's lots of kind of really nice inlets where you're going into forests and you're going mm-hmm. around around different areas because you, it, the path has to come inland for before you get to Southwold. So the, the race goes from starts in Lowestoft and ends in Oldborough and you've got kind of Southwold in the middle. But the section between Lowestoft and Southwold, it's sort of, it goes inland a bit. Right. So you've got the proper kind of trail running experience. I was going to say, it's not just 50k of sand and... No, in fact, I mean, there's, I think there's, I mean, there's less than a kilometre on sand or soft ground. Right. Because that's unpleasant. I mean, no one yeah. wants to run on sand. And well, yeah. some people want to run for it in, <laughs> <laughs> for six days in MDS. Yeah, but. of course. Yeah. So what else have you got? You did the Hugh Endon half and quarter a couple yeah. weeks ago that's coming back next year so that was new that's coming back um in buckinghamshire yeah that's that's in an i mean it, it's in a beautiful area and there's kind of areas that we want to expand that to as well so that's a huendon national trust estate mm. and then the area around it is amazing and this year we did a half and a quarter marathon and it was one loop one 10.6 k loop that you could run once or twice mm-hmm. what we're hoping to do once we can sort of get 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 a bit of a lay of the land in in Bradenham and some some kind of different so there's Knapp Hill Common and a few different areas. Basically, they've been doing loads of forestry work over the last six months, and it's yeah. always it's always a bit muddy in that area, but it's been the worst it's ever been. Yeah. So when we return next year, hopefully it's going to be a bit bit more adventurous and a mm-hmm. bit yeah a bit wider, a bit bit of a bigger loop. That's the plan. I have to say it was quite cool to run a a, a quote unquote shorter distance trail race because. Generally speaking, trail races sort of start at the half marathon distance. And it's quite nice to just go all out on a trail and, and see what that's like, you know. Yeah, for sh- for sure. I think I mean, and it's it's fascinating as an organizer to watch that as well because yeah, you start people off on a fifty k, and yeah. you're waiting three or four hours until you see anyone again at the yeah. at the start finish, and then you see one or two, and then you know maybe it's five hours before most people are there. With this, it was forty five minutes, and yeah. people were you know you were tearing to the finish line. Yeah. So that was I mean that was great. Yeah. Um. I mean I love racing the shorter distances as well, but there's also there's something there's something really nice about the long distance oh, that you just know that you know even if I'm not feeling it for an hour you're going to come into your your element at some point you yeah. just and sometimes it takes 2 hours to start feeling good but yeah. you know and then you're in yeah i still i'm yet to run one of your actual ultras but i, I fully intend to at some point um so i want to talk a bit about what goes into like putting on a great race we've you've touched on like location and and finding unexplored areas and and building routes how is it working with landowners particularly given that we're in the southeast which is one of the most crowded corners of the uk yeah it's it's complex that's for sure i mean you've kind of you've kind of got to judge and balance lots of different elements so yeah you've got to you've got to you've got to have a good event base um and ideally for us that's somewhere that is accessible by car and train which hasn't been possible for all of them so far but i think that's something we try and do and then you also want it to be somewhere that you can kind of 
customize and put your stamp on it so i like just hiring a field really because although it's maybe more work because you have to hire everything in you can make it whatever you want it to be rather than if you just go to a sort of bespoke event place and 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 you know maybe they have everything there but it's not quite how you might want it so yeah you find that but then you start you start going right we need a 50k loop and so every everything pretty much is always on public rights of way mm-hmm so that's that's the key principle is everything's on public rights of way and therefore you have a you know we as an organizer have a right to organize an event on that but that doesn't mean you just turn up on the day and you don't ask anyone you yeah. you then sort of go through a process of going right i'm on you know on a 50k route you might be having a look at right you're going to have to talk to the council you're going to have to talk to big landowners maybe like the national trust or forestry um natural england those kinds of people and then you're talking to small owners so you're talking to farmers you're talking to um you know different different private private landowners that have you know you know whatever whatever they're doing there and you're you're passing through their land so you talk to them and and then you're you're sort of negotiating i suppose with with getting them on your side because i think the thing we struggle with is people have an expectation of what a running race looks like in their head which isn't what we put on so people when they think and this this isn't this isn't saying people are are stupid and they you know that that you know it's 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 no fault of their own but i think when you say we're organizing a race people see london marathon they yeah. th- they see thousands in their head they see thousands of people running at speed like throwing water bottles thro- yeah throwing water bottles on the floor and being really really disrespectful to the land and i think as soon as you communicate to them what you're trying to do and you you know it's a small event that people are self-sufficient they carry their own water bottles with them and you kind of go into it 99% of the people we've spoken to are amazing and supportive and they want it to happen and they let us put signs up they let us have marshals or they might let us have a checkpoint out and they support the event and and that and that's fantastic and what's really difficult is when you get that 1% where someone just goes no that's you, we don't really want you coming through mm. and although there's sort of like a legal right of well it's a public right of way and we 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 could that's not really you know from a from an anxiety perspective i don't yeah. want to be organizing an event where i know i'm passing through land that that someone doesn't want me there now if then that happens you have to look at okay where do we reroute and then that changes everything because yeah. you've got to keep it still let's say at 50k yeah and you've got all your checkpoints so there's that fine balance is it can all it can all look like it's perfect then one one problem arises and then suddenly you need to either you know find new aid station locations or you need to lengthen on one side shorten on the other which yeah. then leads you to talking to new landowners that you didn't so yeah, it, yeah it's and and that that art is really difficult and we've you know a few races we've we've sort of improved year on year i think and i think the chiltern ridge is is one of those where we started in one location and we we were there for 3 years and this year we've moved to a new location because we feel like that gives us a much much better chance of being able to keep the race as it is for years and years to come and right. i think fingers crossed i think where we're at now is the perf- the perfect base the perfect route and and should should be the same for for many years to come mm-hmm. that's the plan anyway <laughs> <laughs> and then you've decided on a route you've maybe you've um plotted it and you've opened up entries you are also promoting all your own events on 
your amazing website, which I encourage people to look at. What's the address for that? So it's runawayadventures.com is the address. It's a beautiful website and also obviously social media and all things like that. Do you have a team for that? Do you have people who help you out, or is it all is it all you behind the yeah? The website? I, it's all it's all me. It's a what? Yeah, it's a one man band in terms of the website. Um, that's pre runner adventures. That that was my trade, and it, it still is to some respect. But sort of, I've come from the world of the world of technology, and mm. yeah, that gi- that gives me a little bit of a head start, I suppose. But you know, you've still got to put the effort in. It's it's probably taken. I mean, we re- we relaunched this website with a new a new system, a new everything, um, last autumn, and I would say it took me the best part of three months, at, you know, working on it every day to to put that together. And now it's you know it's working like a finely finely tuned machine. Mm. But but yeah, it, it's it's so, some something that we've got. To, we, you know, you have to work hard on. And I think you know you can't. Where are you? Where are you promoting your events if you're not promoting them on your website and on social media? It's pretty much the only place people are looking. You've got places like Find a Race and Let's Do This and those sorts of companies, and we use them to to help us sell entries and get awareness. But those providers take a cut on on every sale that they that is made through their website. So I think driving direct traffic and having people go direct to our website and any trail organizer's website is really really important if you know if you know it exists because you know you maintain the majority of of the entry fee and you know small organize small organizers like ourselves I think it's it's difficult to get that balance right of we you know we never want to organize an event where we prioritize quantity of entries over the quality of the event i would rather have 200 250 people at 50k and make sure that i can control every element of it and also not um you know cause too much disruption to local people on that day mm. than have you know have a thousand people and make a lot more more money but not provide that same experience and that's not really what the business the company was set up to do so that you know that's kind of gives us a bit of a that keeps us in check if you like because we have to be quite conscious of our, our spending yeah and i think and that's where the website comes in you know being able to make this myself is a huge cost saving that allows us to to function as a business at the sort of level that we do yeah it's a really awesome website and it's really interesting to see a site that you know feels like a very modern 21st century website it's it's not clunky it's very functional because a lot of the websites um you know some of them are great but a lot of websites when you're booking events and stuff can be pretty clunky uh, and old school and and use systems that feel like you're signing up to sort of a gym in 1995 <laughs> yeah um, so to have a system that's just like fluid and it really adds to the the whole experience thank you yeah yeah we're really proud of it to be honest and i mean we're always trying to improve it i think since we've relaunched it we've had i mean when we as i said when we first started it was just meetups and then we started organizing races and i think we went from i we had so the initial website was runawayuk.com and that was basically it had a focus on the meetups and then we started the Chilton Ridge so I bought ChiltonRidgeUltraTrail.com yeah because you used to have a separate website for each race so we put that on there and then the green you know and I I think you know September last year I counted we had seven separate websites that's got to be costly and well it was costly but it was also diluting everything because if you go if you've run the Chilton Ridge and you loved it and you go back to the website 
although you can sort of link and say, oh, there's more races available here, they're all in different places. And, and it's, a, it's a disruptive experience, like brand-wise, it's like, what's going on? There's multiple websites. Yeah, for sure. And it, it was a really tough decision for me because I think what's so important about a trail running event and particularly an ultra marathon is making it special it is a special thing the majority of people running our events our 50k events are running their first ultra yeah and i don't want the sort of brand of that race to feel like oh it's just another event that runaway do Mm -hmm. i think it's really important that each one has its kind of recognizable logo and the medals are unique to that event and everything feels unique to that event obviously everything crosses over in terms of the organization but you know the behind the scenes things but i think have when i had it separate i think that's that creates that kind of journey where you're doing that race you know you you when you sign up to utmb you go to the utmb website and it's you're not you're not going to a group's website and you're clicking on one page and i think bringing it all together i was quite nervous really of sort of going well now it feels like it's just lots of lots of smaller events so yeah that's that's been interesting but i, I think I, I think i don't th- i think i can see why you would worry about that but i i think it really actually strengthens each event to know that they're part of this family of events and on the branding front um i want to come on to it in terms of the race day experience but you know i'm thinking of other big players in the south like centurion obviously and the, the guys over at Camino, it really feels like what makes these companies and yours strong is not just that you're putting on great events, but you found your sort of brand, if you like, and not just in terms of how it looks, but how the events play out. And I, I, it's hard to put your finger sometimes on what, what a brand is, but with Runaway, it does feel like you're, you're tapping into something that is needed around London. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think of the sort of the the experience of something being very very grassroots i think you've i think you've kind of got two elements to any event you've got the sporting side of it which is the fact that you've trained for weeks and months to be there yeah. to actually get there on, on the on the on the event day and your ability to finish the race and your time that you get is really important and should be celebrated. And it doesn't matter if that's the first person or the last person or where that is, because it's, it's it's all relative to that individual. But to celebrate that sporting side and and get that right. So make sure the signage is, is good enough that you can focus on your running. Make sure that the kind of experience of turning up and car parking and picking up your bib and everything is just there for you that you can focus on, on you know, giving your best on that day. But then on the other side, you've kind of got the entertainment side of things, which is once you've finished, you don't just want to go home and sit on the sofa and look through your phone. You want to mm. you want to hang out. And I think that's why we do 50K events more than we really would do. I'm not ruling it out in terms of longer events, but what's so nice about a 50K, and, and even this is better than a half marathon, because in a half marathon, you don't feel like you can sort of, you've justified your afternoon of drinking some beer and, yeah. and, and taking the rest of the day off. Yeah. But when you finish the 50K, you're, you're kind of giving yourself license to, yeah, I'm, I'm good for the rest of the weekend. I'm, yeah. I'm taking it proper easy. So trying to provide that sort of experience at the finish where you can sit around and there's food and there's drinks, but not taking that or not making that the main focus, but just having that there. Mm. And I think that that's what we try and do. And I think by keeping it quite small, it almost creates this kind of feeling of a bit like a village fate. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's not, so you kind of, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, 
a collective reason why you're why you're all there and a lot of people know each other like you know everyone might know each other in a village and everyone's sort of mingling around and there's this lovely buzz particularly i think in an ultra you've you know between about 2 p.m and about 3 p.m when the majority of the people are sort of finished and they're they're sort of telling stories about the day that buzz is really really special and i think that's why i don't want to go too big because i think the bigger that you go you change that quite dramatically i think you can obviously go a little bit bigger but as soon as you go too big it becomes it feels too you know actually there's too many people here Mm. and you kind of want your own space you don't want to be too crowded at at that point yeah yeah i mean i've made at least four five friends through runaway which is like that's like half my friends (laughs) it's been good it's funny that you talk about the the experience of something that you're crafting because it's something that you know you show up to an event and it might just seem like this event is just here and it's just happened and it's just that's what it is and obviously you forget that so much work has gone into putting it on and i'm thinking you know if you think of the spectrum of events from like the barclay marathons on one end where it's like you've got nothing and then like i I don't want to point fingers but something like the london marathon where you know there's huge amount of support you get a goodie bag there's water stations there's everything sort of picking where you're going to sit along that spectrum must be a really interesting proposition is that a science is that an art is that just something you sort of discover as you do events and figure out yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's probably trial and error, but I also think it's what it's what your your motivations are of the event, and certainly if you look at big events, you know that that is a year long job for that organisational team. So you know any of any of I mean, it, it changes a little bit. I mean, you've 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 got you've got companies. Um, you know, like Centurion and like Aria, I think it's Aria running that do the do do a, do a few of the the bigger the Dragons Back and things like that. And right, yeah. and you know they've they've got lots of events. But if you look at the massive events, it's like we finish the the, the first event and we just go again. It's like everything, yeah. you know. And it's I mean UTMB. It, I can't imagine what goes into organizing that. For sure, it's it's yeah, it's endless. So I think for me, it was always about, I didn't want to do one big event. It mm. was always lots of smaller events because that keeps, that keeps it fun for me. Yeah. It's really cool to be one, one week doing a half marathon, um, you know, a national trust estate. And then the next it's doing something on the coast in Suffolk. It's, it kind of, you know, it shapes your year a bit. So yeah, I think it does, it, it's what you want it to be, but then you kind of, yeah, you, you sort of find your way. I mean, Runaway Adventures in general, I think, reflects my my personality initially, but then all of the people that have been involved in it over the last five years, which is we don't shout about what we do. Um, we aren't we aren't carrying glow sticks. We aren't playing loud music. We aren't trying trying to kind of create an image for other people to follow necessarily. We're just we're just doing what we enjoy doing. And obviously, you know, yeah, you you post stuff on social media, and 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 you do portray um, a certain amount of sort of outward imagery, but it it's not something that we focus on because that's not the core element of why we love running. Isn't about the photos and about the the sort of the way that it's portrayed. It's just about that feeling that it gives you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what I want to do as an organizer and and a runner myself is just create moments where you feel amazing while you're running and there are days that you feel absolutely terrible when you're running when you're training and i think these races kind of culminate those 
those great days training and those hard days training to this kind of celebration and and that that's i think what we try and focus on is and if you can do that if we can do that i don't think it matters how much we post on instagram people will sign up to more races and that's 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 the kind of key focus is just just maintain that don't don't keep our eye off the ball on that really yeah you can't you can't overestimate the power of word of mouth as well when it comes to stuff like that and i don't know who said the quote but there's a quote that i really like which is that racing is your reward for training um and sometimes you go to races and it doesn't feel like much of a reward, but yours definitely feel like a celebration and a reward. Well, I mean, it depends who you are, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have a bad day, of you course. Can, but yeah. I mean, I volunteered last year at the Chil- uh, sorry at the Green Sand Country, which is this amazing race in Bedfordshire, beautiful flat, um, quite unique landscape, um, and just seeing the runners come through. It was an amazingly hot day. I don't know if you remember. It was like thirty-two degrees. Yeah, or something. it was. It was. What was strange about that year is we had done the Chiltern Ridge three weeks before yeah. where we were all in hats, gloves, full waterproofs. It rained for three days straight and it couldn't have felt colder and more yeah. miserable. And then, you know, three three weeks later, green sand, the marquees had basically only just finished drying. We we're hanging them up on, you can see up here, there's sort of like ropes up there or sort of oh, yeah. hanging you know because there's not much room in here so we're was like clever way to store ropes like hanging hanging a marquee up there trying yeah. to wait for it to dry and oh. then green sand we turned up and it was like 27 degrees yeah. and it hadn't been that hot at all that year so no one that turned up had done a single training run in mm. anything like that heat yeah yeah it was i was going i mean my it was my, stunning though it was a stunning day it was blue skies for sure the photos came out pretty yeah close. yeah i was yeah it was one of those days where every photo you take is incredible uh, it was probably a highlight of last year i mean we were still sort of in the the last throes of the full on pandemic, and it was it was quite unique to be out and seeing people and and running, and it was it yeah, because we night. were still there doing the the rolling start window, yeah. So all of that was still in place, yeah. And that was the la- you know that was the last race of the year we had to do that, but but yeah, it was still it was still very new to people sort of coming back into that. And you could, yeah. you could feel that a bit actually when people are sort of turning up and everyone's arriving and everyone's sort of standing socially distanced. Yeah. And there's this kind of anxiety about being there, not just because you're running 50 K, but also we yeah. haven't really hung out all in all together in big groups for, for so long. Yeah. It was a special year for running in that regard, actually. Um, I want to talk about um, meetups um, just cause that is where runaway started. Uh, how many meetups do you think you've organized now? Do you have a number for that? Yeah, we do. The, there's sort of many levels of meetups, but yeah. the, the core, the sort of Sunday long run, get on the train, go somewhere, go to the pub, come home. Yeah. I think we're on 97. Oh, wow. So we're, we're coming close to the hundreds. So the hundred must be scheduled. The or? hundred, I think the hundred is scheduled as the June event, I believe. Oh, I'm definitely going to come to that. But we're not doing that's nothing we're not doing anything special for that no, not do a hundred miler or something no i mean mainly because i'm going to oregon for three and a half weeks and oh, when wow. i get back and two days later it's that and Amazing. so i mean tim's or tim's tim's who's one of the other guides and organizers and this you know tim mills tim mills yeah you see i mean tim mills has been a big a huge part of runaway for you know probably most of it for about four years he came to the second ever meetup as a as a participant and just wanted couldn't to get, get involved. No, couldn't get rid of him. And yeah, so he's he's the one that loves running in Bedfordshire. Yeah, um, he's the Bedfordshire advocate, he, yeah. the trail runner of Bedfordshire. But no, Tim's doing that. But we've got an idea of doing something for the for the hundred sort of celebration that will probably be late summer, and it it might just be in the end just a barbecue or something. But some just something to sort of celebrate it because it will, for us it would be a big milestone, definitely. Um, you've touched on this, but 
are people often surprised by because you've listed so many places the, the amount of greenery that is accessible from london yes yeah i mean yes and no you've got you've got two sides of the coin you've got people who come on our you've got people who come on our runs that just know these amazing places exist but they just don't necessarily have the time or the motivation to do the route planning so they like you know so i do it or tim does it or someone does it and that's great and they and they don't have to think about it and then yeah you've got other people who are sort of just unsure that that this is kind of possible Mm -hmm. um and it goes back to what we were saying earlier of like as soon as you sort of realize that it's not it's not anything particularly special it's just knowing how to do it and if you're not from i mean particularly in london we we have loads and loads of international runners coming yeah. and joining meetups and you know when when you've moved you know if you've moved to london and you don't know how the transport system works you probably just, you know, don't you don't necessarily just think to just try it because it's quite daunting. Yeah. And even just so what we've always done with our meetups, and I think this is really important, is if you want to, on the website you can buy train tickets on the website, and then on the morning I buy your train ticket and I just give it to you. Ah, oh, right. And it sounds pretty simple. I was going right? to say, like, have you integrated with train line? Or no, like, no, I just take this. I just look at what the price is. Yeah, yeah. Um. Although I got stung by that because they just raised the prices oh. and all of my prices were set at last year's <laughs> rate. So I've had to raise them to this year's rate. Oh. But yeah, you just I just check the prices and I just say, right, if you want a train ticket, it's it's this much yeah. and I'll sort it out. And you can you can buy it also at a discounted rate as a group ticket, mm-hmm. which would be the same as if you've got a rail card. But yeah, if if you kind of have to, if you're say, right, we're going to Biggleswade mm. to run tomorrow, we're getting on this train, you need to sort your tickets it's a barrier to someone signing up because that's potentially a stress to yeah. get up and work that out. So yeah. yeah, we just try and take care of everything. And that and that's where the value is. And I think that's why that's why we charge for it. Because what we're what we're really saying when you're paying ten pounds to come on a meetup is the moment that you sign up to the moment that you get back home, we will look after you. Mm. We will Go and recce the route before we go. Make sure it's decent. Make sure there's no, nothing, no kind of surprises. Make sure that we're not going to get lost on the day. We sort your train tickets and make sure that happens. And then we take you on the run. We we find a nice pub, hopefully. I mean, there's not always a nice pub, but we find a pub. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go with what's there. Yeah. But you find a pub and you have a cheese toasty or whatever they offer you. And then you get on the train home and that and that's that's the experience, really. And it's not you're not paying to go for a run. You're kind of paying for everything that you get as part of that. And, and then the what, people you're going with is a huge part of it. And the people. Yeah. And the, the conversations you're having with them. And I mean, yeah. and, and that for some people, I think definitely for me, I always say I probably would never sign up to one of my own meetups. Probably just just not wouldn't be for me mm. because as a as as what that appears in terms of what you see there's a lot of anxiety attached to that. I'm not someone who jumps into awkward social or difficult social situations. I like to be in a comfortable Mm -hmm. social position. So to just, you know, particularly go on your own, turn up at Marlebone station and know that you need to sit on a train for 50 minutes. Invariably, you spot another runner on the train and have to figure out if you're going to talk to them or not. Yeah, and you've got 50 minutes maybe sat next to that one person and then you've got a run that might take two or three hours. Then you're in the pub. Then you're on the train home. So it's, you know, six hours of chatting to people that you've never met before. 
And I mean, for me, it's, it's, it would always be that idea of that is quite daunting. But then as soon as you do it, you just realize why you're there and, yeah. and, and how brilliant it is. And I think it's, you know, it's the same, mo- you know, when you'd go to a party when you're younger and you'd be a bit nervous before and then you get there and it's the, you have the best time of your life. Yeah, or, or not even when you're younger, every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I mean, I, I love meeting new people and, and I thrive on it. And, but you do, yeah, the morning of a meetup, you might be like, oh. Am I really going to trek across London at seven o'clock in the morning? And it's always worth it. Always. For sure. Yeah. And that, that's what I'd say. Any, you know, anyone listening who's like, oh, I probably wouldn't do that because that's, you know, that would be, I'd be feel out of my comfort zone. It's like as soon as you get on the train, everyone's just chatting about running. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I could talk about running if, if I had to. If we did this podcast for, tw- for 24 hours, do you reckon we could just. That's what we're doing. Do you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I've got beers. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's why I started the podcast because I can't talk about running enough. Yeah. So I need to find people to talk to. <laughs> um, you're as you touched on, you are a one man band. I mean, you have an amazing team of volunteers and people who help you out, but a lot of it you do yourself. What is it that motivates all this? Where does that come from? Do you think is it the logistics? Are you have you got an engineer's mindset to all, or is it the human side of it, the the thrill of the event itself, or is it everything in a package? I would I would say the it comes back to sort of when when i went to university right so i did a a course called digital art and technology and i remember i went to the open day and i i was thinking of doing two courses at, at this university one was going to be like a web developers application development and they would teach you like all of the pro, all of the important programming languages in whatever year this was 2000 and 2010 i don't know whatever you know asp.net languages that no one uses anymore anyway so they would just teach all of that and then you would use all of that knowledge and then you would go away and you would make all your web applications and at this course he was like what we do here is you just come up with things that you want to make so you want to make a heart rate monitor that makes some graphics move on a projector cool learn how to do that and it was switching it was basically like right that's what you want to do now work it all out so go away and you might need to learn how to do some electronics or a particular programming language and they would support you in doing that but that was it was just flipping it was like idea first application second and I think that's always what's fascinated me about starting a company or a business or whatever it is is that that desire to sort of learn how to do something that you don't know how to do that that kind of is what excites me I suppose it's like I have I you know 2017 I had absolutely no idea how to organize a trail running event yeah I had probably run five and then 2019 I'm organizing a 50k and a half marathon at the same time in the Chilterns for 200 people yeah and that you know that so and it went fine so there was no there was no issue with it but it's it's learning all of those new skills and then what's beautiful about the whole process and you know you find this with anything is every time that you then do something from then onwards it gets easier and more enjoyable and you know the first time it's obviously very very stressful and i th- yeah i think that that's what sort of motivates me and why you know, we're, we're starting new events all the time, but also, you know, just try and do different things. Like, I mean, we, we, we were trying to launch this thing called Runaway Global um, two years ago, two and a half years ago. And Runaway Global was the sort of meetups, but sort of multiplied 
um, into this sort of international experience where you go and run a race together. And I think right. there's, there's, there's a massive, so, I, you know, I'd, I'd recently run this race in, in Norway, best experience of my life running wise to date. And that kind of journey, that whole, that whole, um, experience of like getting on the plane, going out there, you know, and doing everything that's really quite new is amazing. But so many runners can't do that because mm. like they, don't have any friends necessarily you know a lot of people do but they you know might not have any friends that like running so if you're like i want to go and run a 50 mile race in norway i'm not just going to go on my own that's that's not particularly enjoyable and i could try and find so we just said right let's 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 do that whole process where we just do everything and we provide an environment where you're not not hosting the race not hosting the going to it so we cut i mean so we we organized this this whole thing for a race called the fjall marathon which is a swedish marathon really famous um marathon distance race in sweden that i still haven't yet been so we organized we contacted the race director we got um entries for 12 people sorted we booked this amazing hotel we booked all the flights and then it all got cancelled because of coronavirus and we had everyone ready to go and that was basically going to be yeah this this kind of we we don't hold your hand but it's just like you don't have to worry about how do i get from the airport to the hotel where do i pick up the race bib where it's good to eat the day before and all of that and just the anxiety of being on your own yeah and then having yeah 12 other people who are all out there and also you know then us not we we're not organizing the race so that's taken care of by a professional organizer with a great reputation and it was you know it's also a race that not you know not necessarily you would have heard about or known about so we're hoping to relaunch that soon where we can start doing you know maybe one or two trips a year where we say right here's this niche race you've never heard of in italy we're going there do you want to come and and we'll you know we'll take a group of 12 people and that i think that that again is like i don't necessarily i'm not a tra- yeah, i've done a lot of traveling in my previous work um so i'm very adapt to sort of adept to you know getting on a plane and being in a hotel and just sort of yeah. trying to find my way around in, in an unknown environment so i'm i'm good at that and then i'm good at you know organizing things so it's just bringing those two things together but ultimately to give people an amazing experience at a trail race that maybe they wouldn't go to normally is there anything else on the horizon um long term for runaway like where do you see this in five years or are you more about just sort of taking taking each step taking each race as it comes i think where we are now so there's seven races that we've got i think we'll keep it there for now yeah and so that's a lot right i mean a company like Centurion doesn't organize much more than that. No. And I know I, what I'd say to that is four of those are 50Ks. Three, yes. of, three of those are shorter. So the yeah. shorter events are, from a, from an organization perspective, much easier. I mean, they still take time. But on the event day, you're, you're looking after 21 kilometers of trail for about three, four hours compared to 50k of trail for eight nine hours so everything the variables are reduced um so yeah we'll probably keep it there in terms of number of events but i think what's recently what's got me really really tempted for is the chiltern ridge by far is the most popular event um sells out has sold out four times in a row with three or four months to spare Yes, we could we could increase capacity, but as we've talked about, that's not really the idea. But what I'm thinking and what I'd love to just test out is the Chiltern Ridge Winter Edition. 
and seeing nice. seeing what that same route looks like, you know, in December. Yeah. Or or you know, late November or whatever it is, but in those sort of dark difficult conditions where everything everything's a bit different. And actually for some people it's where you know, they come into their element because yeah. You know, people who like to suffer tend tend to you know tend to like, thrive in those I feel environments. Like Jason Cuddy would be quite good at that event. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> he likes suffering. We'll see. It's certainly a top ten. I'm yet to see Jason on a podium, but it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. I'm trying to think of. So it's it's a sort of a the the Ivinghoe area, Ivinghoe Beacon area, right? Yeah, I think I've run through. They, what's the wood around there called? Ashridge. Ashridge, yeah. That so gets quite choppy in winter. It gets quite muddy. Because there's a there's a race there in March. Yeah, no, it get yeah, it gets seriously muddy. I mean, once you're up on the ridge where you're fine, that yeah. drains really well. But yeah, Ash Ashridge Forest and, and that area, you just can't avoid it. And I mean it's part of the winter yeah. running experience. And I think that's that's what the race is. The race isn't you're going to have a nice a nice easy run it's yeah. going to be a graft but you know you, you you look at races like arc of attrition yeah which i mean who would want to do that <laughs> but i'm thinking about it and yeah. everyone's thinking about yeah, it it's bizarre yeah. so you know and, and and that 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 always comes back to us as runners isn't it is you know what if i tried this and you know if you've done a 50k or a 50 mile or a 100 mile you are looking at what's what's the next step up would Not, you ever think about organizing a 100 miler We've thought about it already. Yeah. And what we'd like to do at some point is a Chilton 100 mile that takes in, I mean, we've plotted it on the map. It's right. possible. And you can take in basically every brilliant hill and area in the Chilterns in one, in one big loop. And no one really does that at the moment. You've, no. you've got, you have got 100 mile races in the area, but n there's not one which hits basically all of the key Chilton's sites. Yeah. The problem that we've got with that, and it's, and it's the, the, big, the big barrier to all of these events, is getting agreements with landowners mm. and maintaining signage on the trail. So we, we, can, we can get agreements with landowners. It will obviously take a lot longer for 100 miles than it would be. But we can do that. That's not the issue. But once you've got that and then you put all your signs out, it's how do you mark 100 miles and collecting 100 miles without growing your team massively? And if we grow our team, there's, you know, there's a cost associated to that. It's, you know, although we we do love it when volunteers come to help we tend to pay most of the people that that um that all you know that come and help out and by doing that we sort of guarantee a level of service yeah and and sort of people who have now you know we've got a great team of about 20 or 30 people that have come and helped at events and when i say pay them we're not paying them big wages for the day but something that that just respects their time yeah. and and says to them maybe come back and 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 help us again and, and yeah through that we've got a great team but then to do that on the 100 miles yeah is is just a, yeah i i would like to at some point and it's mm. just it's just gaining that that level of confidence that we can do it in a way that the level of service is is as, as good as it should be so not next year, maybe the year after, maybe soon. I mean, if we could do it tomorrow, if it wasn't marked, because we've got everything yeah. we need to do and, and it's just a case of a longer event. But I think for us, marking the course makes it accessible and makes it, 
makes makes it into a running race, I suppose, not a navigation race. And there's a beauty to races that require navigation. I think those races are amazing as well, but that's not what we offer. And I don't think we want to offer that for the time being anyway. It was, I volunteered um, last year at the Thames Path 100 and it was an amazing experience, not just to see the runners, but to see the logistics that went into it and see the tail runners coming through, picking up the signs. And, you know, that's an event that for the runners could span, you know, 14 to 32 hours. But for the event organizers, it's it's like a 60 hour thing. It, it just, I don't know how they do it. It's incredible. No, I, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, I'm thinking of doing my first hundred in the next few years. So maybe it'll be with Runaway. Yeah, I mean, because th- I mean, the thing with the thing with hundreds, isn't it, is, you know, when you've got a mate doing a hundred and you know, on a Saturday they start yeah. and you, you're you having your breakfast and then you go for a little run and then, yeah. and you know, you, you go and do your 10 miles and then you're tired and then you go to the pub and then you watch your football team and then you go to sleep and then you wake up the next day and they're still running. Yeah. And and that is, that's something else, isn't it's it? That's, well, it's, it's similar to another extent with Backyard Ultras, which I know you've talked about potentially organising. For sure, yeah. We're definitely, definitely thinking about it. Um, Tim and I are actually meeting someone on Wednesday next week at oh, a no potential location. Dude, I'm um, in. I'm so, so in. And again, like f- that, we're saying, you know, who cares how many people turn up? If it's 15 people, You've it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's just all about, it's all about just getting the right people that want to do that and just yeah, putting yeah. it to the challenge and, and, see, and see, seeing what happens. Really. Well, the, also yeah. the, th- the thing to think about with that format is that it's so popular now that you 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 get a lot of people who take it very seriously who you know who they don't show up to see how far they can go they show up to win to go to big's backyard yeah it's 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 difficult turning up to a meeting with a landowner and saying <laughs> just so you're aware we we can't tell you when this when this event will finish all yeah. we can tell you is the world record <laughs> is about 4 days or whatever it is yeah <laughs> that's mad no i definitely i'll be there for sure um my last question which you actually have sort of already touched upon but i'm just curious to see what your take on it what is your favorite place to run in the south of england favorite place to run in the south of england that section of the ridgeway from tring until you get to let's say goring oh the other way sorry i thought you were going to say to ivinghoe beacon well from uh, starting in ivinghoe oh, okay. yeah, yeah. and going west mm, until you get to about section. goring just anywhere in that area yeah i'm i'm good i'm happy yeah um and if not and if not there even like just epping forest or Hampstead heath i mean you can't you can't rule out how great Hampstead heath is to run in especially you know you go 7 8 p.m on a, on a weekday especially once it's got dark no one's there they yeah. don't lock any gates just put the head torch on and go. And then that, ama- that amazing view you get as you kind of come off Parliament Hill and you've got the whole of London in front of you yeah. just sort of lit up. I mean, that yeah, you can't, you, you can beat it, but, you know, in London you can't beat it Absolutely. very easily. Awesome. Well, Chris, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll see you soon. See you soon. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Chris Bradley as much as I did. Chris is honestly such a nice guy and if you haven't had a chance to sign up to a runaway race or meetup, I highly encourage you to do so. I'm really looking forward to running the Chiltern Ridge Half Marathon on the 3rd of July so do say hello if you're going to be there. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with other people. Give it a rating if you can. And remember to follow the podcast on Instagram at outlandish.run for all the latest updates. Next week, I'll be joined by Ali Whitlock. Ali is a Croydon-based ultra runner who this year ran the Thames Path 100, a fast, flat 100-miler hosted by Centurion Running. I spoke to Ali before and after the race to get a sense of what it takes to run that legendary distance, 100 miles. I don't race very often. You get some people who will be racing every month or twice a month. I tend to race two or maybe three times a year. Um, and that's partly because I just love running and so I'm happy just running and doing training runs. But it also means that when I do race, I do put a lot of energy into it, into my training, into, into preparation, because I want to do the best that I can at the, the few opportunities that, that I have. That was a clip from next week's episode. I really enjoyed both my chats with Ali before and after the race. She is such an ambassador for ultra running and trail running, and I cannot wait to share the episode with you. If you've made it this far, congratulations. You clearly have the endurance necessary to battle your way through an ultra marathon yourself. So as promised, here are a couple of bonus clips from my chat with Chris. Otherwise, that's me, Ed Scott, signing off. See you next week. Yeah, we didn't mention home run, but that's another thing you do. Yeah, home run. Home run. I mean, it's a home run is is always sort of fluctuating and changing but we've been doing wednesday night training sessions all year um which are just sort of coming to an end for the time being and we're going to take a break for a couple of months as it gets a little bit busier for races and things like that and then we're going to relaunch home run um in the summer when evenings are lighter Mm. nights are warmer pubs are are very desirable and we're going to put it on tour. So home run has been in Hampstead Heath pretty much. I mean, the initial, the initial, um, the initial idea of home run was we're going to do a run from where we're sitting right now. And the reason I was going to do that is because next door, there was this amazing pizza place that sold pizza on a, thir- a Thursday night was going to be, they sell pizza until like 11 PM. They serve beer. You can get to here very easy on the Victoria line. You've yeah. got the Tottenham marshes, the Hackney marshes. Yeah. And then the pizza place closed down just as I was about to oh, organize. So yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's not very, you know, we st- you need an endpoint. You need, you need somewhere. Yeah. So there's no endpoint. But they're currently building a new place where the pizza place was, which is going to be a Greek restaurant, a Greek like takeaway grill. So that, that, could, that could be the one. Yeah. But no, I think we're going to, the idea is it's just going to go on tour. That sounds awesome, though. That sounds so cool. Because you've done a few races overseas. You did one in Croatia, like, last weekend. Literally, literally on um, on Saturday, yeah. 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 How was that? It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> it um, looked brutal. Yeah, it was... What was daunting is... Um, I can't I can't remember who texted me, but someone said, oh, this is going to be quite a quite a big run for you. And I went, th- I went through my Strava, and I hadn't run over... Well, I hadn't run over 20K until three weeks ago. When wow. I did a race in Epping Forest because I've had a few injuries, and I hadn't run over twenty five k from you know more than that race three weeks ago since September twenty nineteen when oh I ran the Chilton God. Wonderland Centurion race, and oh so sort of sitting on the sofa the day before the race, going, "Oh, tomorrow, tomorrow is a forty one kilometer race on trails with a couple of hills, you know, plenty, well not loads but enough involved." Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, took it very easy the first half. And what's always nice about doing that is everyone that goes too fast in the first half, <laughs> you, you, you can you can see them again. Yeah. yeah. So I think I went I went down from 144th to 62nd in the second nice. half of the race, which oh, well, that was good. quite fun. So yeah. that was nice. That's a nice graph to plot. But yeah, I mean, I like doing international race. I mean, it's it's obviously a bit of a privilege to be able to do that. It's not something that you know, you can do all the time. And I feel really fortunate to be able to do that. And I've got another one this year where we're, as I said earlier, we're going to first time I've ever been to Oregon running a race called the Wise Wonder 50 mile, which starts at um, a very early hour in the morning. And it's going to, yeah, it's going to be daunting, but you know, why not? Why not? You've done a 50 mile before? Twice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. And ne- neither times previously have been, been anything close to enjoyable. <laughs> the, the feeling afterwards enjoyable, but yeah. the, 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 the period between 50 and 80K, yeah. not enjoyable That's whatsoever. A long stretch. Yeah. yeah. 